0: Welcome to the Jack Mountain Bushcraft Podcast, episode 99.
1: Welcome to the Jack Mountain Bushcraft Podcast with your host, Jack Mountain Bushcraft School founder and master main guide, Tim Smith.
0: I'm your host, Tim Smith. I'm a registered master main guide and have been a full-time outdoor instructor and guide since founding the Jack Mountain Bushcraft School in 1999. We help people become more skilled, more knowledgeable, more experienced, and more confident in the natural world through our bushcraft and guide training semester programs and multi-week canoe and snowshoe expeditions. You can check out the show notes to all of our podcasts at blog.jackmtn.com. If you're interested in learning more about our college-accredited and GI Bill-approved programs, visit the Jack Mountain Bushcraft School on the web at jackmtn.com. And check out our online network and digital learning academy at bushcraftschool.com. Hello and welcome back to the Jack Mountain Bushcraft podcast. After a winter away from podcast land, we are back. Yes, we are. We are in the communications layer of our semi-subterranean northern main layer. No, communication level of our... We sorted this out a few
1: episodes ago, but I don't remember...
0: I don't remember anything. we got to keep better records. Keep better records. I don't remember anything. (laughs) So the date today, April 11th, 2021. Today, in a few hours, people will be arriving for our spring wilderness guide training semester. So we're going to be hard at it here in the woods for the next nine weeks. And, uh... It's an early spring. This is the earliest spring I remember up here. There's just about no snow left in early April. And um, to put things in perspective, the last few years uh, running spring semesters, we haven't been able to drive down our road until May, like first week in May or so. Because there's so much snow. Last year, I remember getting stuck and it was April 28th and I got stuck in like I don't know, a four foot snow adrift. Yep. Um, but this year, yeah, not a lot of snow comparatively and a lot of warm or really early warm temperatures. So it's weird, but I'm sure wherever you're listening to this, weather is weird
1: now. Yeah, it's it's very strange to be up here and see uh, just no snow on the ground. And I think about semesters in the past where we've had to you know, have everybody park at the top of the, our hill and ferry everybody up and down on a snowmobile or have them just, you know, drag their yeah, stuff sled down. The sled stuff in. It's and, just,
0: we're, a, it feels like we're a month early for this weather. Yeah. Which is and weird.
1: We, you know, and last spring we started three weeks later with all the coronavirus stuff and we still had, you know, we were still getting stuck with snow and stuff like that. So, yeah, very odd.
0: Very odd. We're hoping that we don't get another drought this summer because, uh, the river's at, like, full flood stage right now, and, you know, it'll be coming down, and hopefully we get plenty of rain to keep the water levels high so we don't end up with, um, you know, just a trickle, like a like a mud-filled ditch, which some of the rivers turned into last summer.
1: Definitely did. A lot of scraping boats. <laughs>
0: yeah, so, so that's what we've got going on. We're going to, since we last got together around the old microphone, we're going to do a little bit of a sort of a current events... How I spent the winter, you know. How I spent my winter vacation. How did you spend your winter vacation, Tim? Yeah. So, Tim loaded up uh, the truck and our smaller of our two canoe trailers. I brought a sea kayak, two sea kayaks, and a canoe, and a bunch of camping gear. And I spent the winter in Texas. Uh, my wife and kids are now in Texas, and I'm down there when I'm not up here. Um, and uh, had big plans to canoe the Rio Grande river along the border of Texas and Mexico to do a bunch of sea kayaking down at the coast. Um, but got down to Texas around Thanksgiving and, uh, you know, spend a few weeks just sort of catching up. And then I got sick. I had COVID. Um, so I think it was like the day after Christmas right around Christmas time. Um, I remember before I went to bed one night, I think it was the 28th of December, actually, uh, right before going to bed, I had like a scratchy throat, didn't feel real good, and woke up the next day with very little energy and figured, oh, I probably had the flu or some sort of allergy, and it didn't go away. And after two weeks of kind of, kind of not doing very much, I went and got a COVID test and it was positive and the people there said, hey, you should go to the emergency room right now. There's something really screwy with going on with you. And I did and I was in the hospital for 12 days and it almost it almost killed me. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, since then that was in January. Um, I had the luxury of like the the rehab and recovery and it was uh, to put things in perspective, I don't go to the hospital very often. I think the last time before then I was, uh, i maybe I got stitches some at some point. But 1992, I had a shoulder surgery, and that was my last time in the hospital. So it was uh, interesting, and definitely the recovery period was, uh, it was very slow for me, and it was very challenging. I remember getting out of the hospital, and well, actually, while I was in the hospital you know, I had super low oxygen levels and, um, a bit of COVID pneumonia. Uh, I feel great now, by the way, but I remember, you know, they were saying, okay, we want you to walk to the, to the window. It's like four steps. And I remember doing that. And then I sat down and had to take a nap. Cause it was like, I had just summited Everest. It was Jeez. like the hardest thing I had ever done. And then, you know, when I got out of the hospital going for walks and things to walk the dog, uh, you know, so the the first walk I remember, all excited to go out and start start uh, covering some miles, and uh, I think I went about forty yards <laughs> and had to like take a knee, literally like go down on a knee and like breathe hard. Oof. You know, and it just it's very humbling, right? It's very humbling to not have the things that we take for granted physically. Yeah. Um, you know, but since then, uh, again, a long slow recovery. Uh, and you know, one of the benefits of a big health scare is they're usually followed by a big health kick. So have been living pretty clean since then and, uh, and continuing that trend. So, 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 uh, just drove back up here from Texas, got my second shot of the vaccine And you may have noticed if you were on the road somewhere between here, Maine and Texas, a big white truck pulling a trailer with a couple of boats on it. None of the boats which were used. <laughs> My son and I took a canoe out for like a half a mile paddle. but So I dragged a trailer with a bunch of boats <laughs> a, uh, halfway across the North American continent so that they could sit and not be used. Uh, yeah. Anyway, it's a long ass drive.
1: Yeah, Well, so there we, we kind of tend to handle everything up here with a sort of, I don't know, a occasionally a little bit of a grim sense of humor and i remember in the fall the the few weeks before the semester ended uh a a almost manic uh preparation for the all this stuff and you know you were looking at special gear you needed for the rio grande and stuff and yeah so there there's a little bit of uh yeah it's 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 awful that you didn't get to use it but Luckily for us, with our particular senses of humor, there's a little bit of like the gods up on Mount Olympus. We're just like, nah, no, nah, you're not gonna do that. This we winter. shall smite yeah. him. Have you ever felt futility? <laughs> you're gonna, um, but yeah, I, I, I imagine I speak for everybody listening when you know it's good. that good that you're getting back to it and not, uh, not dead. Yeah, that's a,
0: any day above ground's a good day. Any I day guess. above ground's a good day um but yeah it's always interesting to have uh have your plans questioned and your plans changed uh because it it I do think it makes you more resilient yeah. and you know resiliency is sort of the the nature of the game with any sort of long term illness uh i think the things that really helped me get through it um and and i'm going to shoot some video here and we'll talk about that in the video but i remember you know, the first night in the, in the hospital, in the intensive care unit, and there's all these wires coming out of me. And, uh, you know, you're attached (sighs) to all these things that are monitoring everything. Um, and just thinking like, yeah, well, who knows? Is is this it? You're like, is this, is this it for me? And, um, you know, thankfully it, it wasn't it, but, but the, you know, the things that get you through challenging situations, whether it's medical or whatever, or a hard time in the forest on a long trip, you know, keeping a positive mental attitude, realizing it can always be worse, and, and to a certain degree, mental toughness. Then you know, you can define that however you like to. I like to define it by having sort of an unflappable confidence that things are going to get better. And, you know, that's kind of when I was severely challenged mentally, uh, you know, going through that whole ordeal, that's what kind of pulled me through. So happy for that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's a tricky one to bounce back from. I, I have not had COVID and I imagine that it would be a tricky thing to to come back
0: from. Yeah. Well, any like long-term illness is a challenge, especially when you kind of, you're, uh, I don't want to say self image, but maybe your livelihood is based on something very physical. Mm. Then when you don't have that, it's much more challenging, right? When you don't have the ability to be physical like that for a period of time, it's, it's hard, you know, it's hard mentally. Uh, Obviously it's hard physically. um, But you know, I think the, the, you lead with the mental, right? If you have all your ducks in a row with, you know, having a positive mental attitude and mental toughness and, and things of that nature, which we talk about a lot on the podcast, You know, then the physical stuff can fall into place. But if you if you don't have that, then life's just that much harder. Yeah, definitely. Well, I like I said, I did
1: not get COVID this winter. I spent the winter. uh, I was pretty active. I ran, uh, ran a couple of the. We're basically done with the year long program. This is its initial year, so I ran that. Had students out uh, sleeping out in front of fires on. Cold winter nights and kind of getting their head around all of our systems for outdoor living before they come up here this summer for a big two-week trip. Um, I was guiding some snowshoe hikes for uh, some of the places down in southern Vermont where I spend my winters, and um, I spent a lot of time with uh, a lot of the birds at the museum where I'm a volunteer and board member, and that was that was a kind of a fun thing to to get to go in there a couple times a week um the museum closed and so i was up there a couple times a week and there's nobody in there closed because of COVID, or yeah closed because of COVID. so it reopened yeah we're reopened now but uh but the museum was closed down due to COVID, and so um and you know we never had more than one volunteer there at a time for a little while so you'd go in and you'd come in from this this world that was you know crazy and chaotic at the moment and um and then go in and work with these, these birds they don't know what's, I mean, they don't, they, yeah, they don't know what's going on. They're just doing what they're doing. And that was, that was a super nice. Wait, you're they,
0: making the claim that the birds weren't aware that there's a COVID pandemic? Well, no. Cause they, they
1: heard it as Corvid oh, and they were like, you. Oh, they're just
0: always around. Gotcha. Um, that make that really
1: makes sense. It really does. <laughs> um, oh, we're getting back into the swing of things now. <laughs> um, but that was, a, that was a nice, like it's, it I, I understand the irony of saying it was a grounding experience when I'm talking about birds, but it was a... Uh, we're full of puns, I huh? know. We're doing good. <laughs> we're doing good. Um, but it was. It was nice. It was super fascinating to get to kind of see how they just kind of kept doing what they always did. Um, yeah, that was, that was pretty much how I spent my winter, was spending time around people until I couldn't take that anymore and going and hanging out with birds for hours at, at a time.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I didn't mix with many other people. We have our own. Uh, my my wife was calling it a pod, right? Yeah, like a few people that you interact with. Yeah. And, and outside of that, you know, it was, it didn't, yeah, didn't really. Yeah, same. Uh, I think I.
1: I mean, you know, dealing with the people is all because in this t- day and age, with everything going on, your your all, your all your connections are via the internet or your phone or anything like that, and um, that's a that's a hard way to maintain any kind of friendship or relationship at the best of times so yeah having a having an out where you needed to you didn't you could go hang out with creatures that didn't need anything from you other than to throw them a mouse that was kind of pleasant rather than like the you know the the kind of the stress everybody was under all winter
0: yeah for sure yeah um so one of the other big things that i did this winter was kicked or basically stopped using social media for several months yeah um and that was great uh i don't consider like podcasting or blogging or shooting videos really social media um i think of that more as just creating mm. you know being a creative person and creating content that you know the social media are the big services facebook instagram those sorts of things and you know just kind of logged off and didn't didn't log back on uh plan to you know continue to post things there especially as we kind of ramp up the media production here during the semester like we usually do Um, but uh, so yeah that was added even more to my sense of some isolation I think especially initially and you know having read a lot of the studies about we're looking for likes and you know for the little serotonin hits in your brain it was an interesting uh, it was an interesting season you know to step away from that and Um, You know, initially, I didn't have the energy to push the buttons on the phone even, so it was, (laughs) geez, Uh, but it was an interesting experiment and glad I did it.
1: Yeah, it's a a super fascinating thing because you always, if you're running a business, at least for me, um, you think that when your brain is like, oh, I got to take a picture of this, it's a business thing, but if you're involved in social media, it's you you have to come to terms with the fact that it's not just, you're not just being a crafty uh, consumer or whatever. You are being, you are hooked to the wagon that they've hooked you to a little bit. And so having, you know, going, finishing up the season here and then going back for the winter and kind of getting out of that mindset of like, if I'm doing something, I got to take a picture because how else else will people know that I'm doing it? Or it it? didn't happen, right? Yeah, exactly. And so having, the the winter is always a nice break for that for me.
0: And I, we were talking earlier before we hit the record button about how it's nice. And and personally, I really enjoy the, the, you know, having a season where we create a bunch of media, like podcasts, videos, whatever. And then a season where you don't like a, a, like an opportunity to step away from Mm -hmm. that world and just sort of be like a regular person or or maybe an irregular person now where you're just out (laughs) having, doing things, having experiences where everything doesn't need to be documented. Right. um, you know, because it's kind of exhausting it, doing something for the sake of doing it, and then at the same time, in the back of your mind, is this little voice like, you know, take eight pictures and have details, or it yeah. didn't happen. And um, so, yeah, being able to step away from that uh, was fantastic. You know, I, I really enjoyed it, uh, but now we're now we're back.
1: Yeah. So we will be much more. I know I can't. Well, you were totally off of it, so I assume the same. But I also sort of no longer really interact on social media. And so maybe now that things are uh, ramping up, you'll be able to get a hold of me with stuff a little easier. But I'm going to try to keep a distance from that as much as I can because it's just so much more pleasant.
0: Yeah, life seems to be better where you're not inundated with that stuff. It's almost like living outside of a fishbowl is better than being in a fishbowl. Not if you're a fish.
1: Couldn't they just live in the ocean where you're supposed to
0: be? But, yeah, but they couldn't, like, live on the counter. <laughs> <laughs> what? Well, like, the fish needs water. If there's no bowl to hold the water. I mean, yeah, a pond, a river, the ocean, whatever. But The point was that you shouldn't be... This is... All right, well, we're definitely back for the season.
1: <laughs> we're back to Christopher not understanding
0: what's going on. Yeah, that's... Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, we just wanted to sort of reintroduce ourselves to those of you out in podcast land and, and uh, you know, we're going to make an effort to, to publish one of these at least once a week and um, yeah, go from there. So, so if you're curious about what we're doing here, uh, the plan is to shoot a bunch of videos about the process of running the semester program and to publish them on our online, our private online community at bushcraftschool.com. Uh, That's free to join if you'd like, and potentially we've got, uh, in the next couple of weeks, a couple more online courses that'll be going up there. The first one, which will be the uh, thermal cooking course, which I've been threatening for a long time. Um, But, you know, we use those thermal cookers on a daily basis here, uh, and it's just a great way to use less fuel and to be more efficient and cook real food when you're in the outdoors uh, as opposed to like freeze dried overpriced oversalted kind of convenience food yeah. but anyway
1: yeah so that online network is where a lot of sort of the uh, the more detailed versions of stuff that you see on other places online ends up so if you're curious about what we're doing and want to see it in depth that's the place to go and check out because often you just get a glimpse of it with all the other sort of avenues of media.
0: Yeah. And it's probably the best way to interact with us as well. Like, uh, I guess when, when I quit social media or when I came back from being sick, I had a blog post saying that I'm no longer like, uh, answering like Facebook or Instagram messages and stuff. And, and the reason for that was it just became too much where someone would say, you know, every single platform has their own like messaging thing. Mm -hmm. So if you, you know, like for example, if I'm on Facebook I don't actually log on to Facebook. Uh, it used to be about once a month, and now it's even less than that. So if somebody would send me a message, like they'd never hear back from yeah. me. So just to sort of pick and choose your communication channels that you're going to monitor, uh, because I realized like if I have 20 channels to monitor, it means that I don't monitor any of them well. So, but if I have two or maybe three, then I can kind of keep up, and that was kind of the thing there. So the you know the channel on the online community online community network that's monitored pretty well and we both embraced is it signal the the messaging app signal so we're on there um if you need to get a hold of us yeah
1: but so if you're reaching out to us through like tim said facebook or instagram or something like that there's a good chance we probably won't see it for a while yeah which is a conscious decision not us being jerks
0: or you yeah yeah And I don't, you know, it's not like I have my nose in the air. Like I'm better than that with social media. It's It's just, it's just there's only so many hours in the day and it just becomes a big distraction. And to me, honestly, it's like that, uh, it's frustrating when there's something in the back of your head where you're like, oh, I need to get to that and you never have time to. Like, I don't like living like that. I'd much rather like, okay, here are the things I need to do and the channels I need to monitor and I can do it well, Mm -hmm. rather than do it like a half-assed job on way more than you know, biting off way more than I can chew, and it all turns into a half ass job. Yeah, absolutely. So that's kind of the, the rationale behind that. So yeah, join us, bushcraftschool.com, if you're curious about what we do. And uh, yeah, it's I guess it's good to be back. I kind of miss doing this, and it's kind of fun. Yeah, I did a bunch
1: this winter um, on the other podcast with other people, but it is it feels good to be... Back in the uh, plug in your
0: the, podcast. Uh, in case. So the
1: podcast is the School of the Forest podcast. It's kind of uh, a little bit like this one, but sort of devoted to involving scientists and uh, sort of naturalists and people that you know actively work in the outdoors, doing something different than what we do. So I've had people on that work with natural dyes. I've had on some friends of mine that do um, human waste management um in a sustainable way so using that stuff for agriculture and stuff like that so it's a it's a little bit like this one but different enough to i think keep your interest um but if you want the uh the jokes come here because they don't (laughs) they don't show up on the other one very often (laughs) it's almost like when tim and i get together we have a hard time doing anything but making puns about crows
0: yeah well
1: sure I mean, there's good stuff in there, too, but it's mostly the jokes, right? Uh, uh, I don't know. Uh,
0: it's, it's debatable <laughs> whether there's good stuff or not. Uh, uh, it's good to be back. It's good to good be back to be in back. this little saddle. So if you enjoy this podcast, share it with somebody. You kind of know the drill at this point. Um, but, you know, uh, hey, guys, like, subscribe, and click the notification button at the bottom. Oh, I had, So this is sort of a little <laughs> offhand thing,
1: but, you know, Tim was talking about how there's so many different channels and they're you know, all kind of going off at once. And I had a point last fall that was kind of the point where I just took all of that stuff off of my phone, which, because each of those little, like, messaging systems has a different sound. Oh, yeah. And so there was a point, it was like a 30-second thing, and it sounded like someone trying to remember a tune, like, beep, boop, doop, beep,
0: boop, 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 boop,
1: Like, like an dr- like 80s <laughs> robot. It was
0: chaos. And that was the point where I was like, yep, this needs to go. This is not, I don't like this. That's another reason why I miss the 80s, because in the 80s, every, like, person who did well in school this was before the nerd uprising of like 1983 i'm so worried about where this is going well they could all build their own like humanoid robot and they all had those weird like sound systems like you just isn't did. that how you made me <laughs> yeah i'm pretty sure that's how i got here yeah
1: i have no memory before uh 2016 where right I was, yeah you i was born <laughs>
0: right born i don't know. Hatched. Hmm teach me to love (laughs) he's so human but he can't do (laughs) that uh it's funny because it's true um
1: yeah anyway
0: all right yeah yeah we should wrap this up let's wrap it up
1: (laughs) good to be back talk to you guys later see you later
0: you have been listening to the jack mountain bushcraft podcast For more information on our professional wilderness guide training programs that are college accredited and GI Bill approved, visit us on the web at jackmtn.com.